This is episode 61 of Ethics and Culture Cast from the DeNicola Center for Ethics and Culture. Welcome to episode 61 of Ethics and Culture Cast from Notre Dame's DeNicola Center for Ethics and Culture. I'm Ken Hellenius, the Communications Specialist at the Center. In this episode, we chat with Petra Farrell, the Culture of Life Program Manager at the Center. We chat about how her vocation as a mom drew her into pro-life work, how the DeNicola Center and the Notre Dame Right to Life Club work together to build and support a culture of life both on campus and in the wider public square, and how her vision for a pro-life world includes teaching, forming, and modeling love and mercy in service to mothers and children. Let's sit down together for this joyful conversation. Well, Petra Farrell, thank you so much for coming to be on the podcast. I know you it's been terrifying you, but yes. uh, but welcome. Thank you. I have been hiding from you in my cubicle down the hall um, whenever you'd walk by. If I heard the microphone or any of the equipment <laughs> jiggling, I was like, please, no, not me. But yes, I am now been cornered successfully. So thank you. Well, I felt it was important in this October, the Respect Life Month. I thought, gosh, we need to get the center's program manager for the Culture of Life programming. Got to get you on the on out so that people can meet you. Well, usually they hear me before they see me, so this is actually quite appropriate to be on a podcast as opposed to a video or anything else. There you go. Well, Petra, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where did you study? Kind of those sorts of things. Okay. Um, so I grew up on the Redneck Riviera in Pensacola, Florida. I'm one of five kiddos. I went to St. Mary's uh, right across the street, and um, that is where I would say I re-met my husband, uh, he was attending Notre Dame uh, as also a graduate, and uh, I actually knew him since I was in eighth grade. Uh, he's my older brother's uh, good friend, so uh, it was it took a while till I actually liked him. <laughs> Obviously, it's worked thus far. Yeah. But how yes. long have you been married? Uh, a little over twenty three years now. Okay. Uh, Dan and I have five kiddos. When he, uh, so he graduated Notre Dame and then I moved down uh, to Savannah to join him. He was Army ROTC. And after we got married, we moved to Chicago and uh, where I was working for Deloitte Consulting. And we became pregnant with our first kiddo and made the choice that I felt like I really wanted to stay at home. And I was lucky enough to have that opportunity to be able to do that. I know not a lot of people are, are able to. And I'm glad that we made the sacrifice. It was actually the best thing that I ever did. And subsequently, four kids after that, I was still at home. It, it's been a journey and maybe a little... Um, a tidbit for those moms that are staying at home right now and they have they're in the crazy stage of like the screaming and yelling and the babies everywhere. It's worth it. It's fantastic. It might it's the one of those crazy roller coasters that you just you are holding on with both hands and every once in a while you get to lift your hands up and scream and be like, Woohoo, this is great and then you're you're back to the clawing. But it's it's wonderful and then they grow up and they grow up really fast. But yes, yeah, so five kiddos. Um What did you study at St. Mary's? St. Mary's. I was a mass comm major. I actually wanted to go into broadcast. And then I went into broadcast and realized it wasn't a team game. 
And actually, the thing that was the spoiler for me after working at several news stations, covering stories that I felt didn't help a situation. And whenever I would propose a story of just the average person doing good, that didn't sell and was constantly being told no and just felt I didn't want to perpetuate the negativity in this world. So I felt like the Lord was calling me to do something else. Yeah. Well, you talked about spending time, you know, raising your children. Your and you, your children are beautiful. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> Just went to confirmation last evening of your next to youngest. Yes, our only girl. Um, she's she was confirmed. She is um, now Joan of Arc is her saint name. Nice. I love it. It's beautiful. It's exactly who she is. Very courageous. Um, but yes. Well, how did you get connected with the De Nicola Center? I blame Rick and Nicole Garnett, who are both dear friends of mine. They're the ones that saw this advertised um, when the opening uh, was put out there and had presented it to me several times, both of them emailing me, not knowing they were each doing it at the same time. And I deleted them, both of them. And so they live down the street from us, actually, and our kids have grown up together. And they said, this would be the perfect job for you. You're so pro-life and you're a sidewalk counselor and you get this. And I was like, yep, yep, yep. But I had, and again, a lot of mommies might understand where I'm coming from. My kids had finally, I finally got the last one in school. And all I was going to have free days. I was going to kick up my feet and eat those bonbons that everyone talks about. <laughs> and and they kept sending it to me. I kept deleting it. Well, one night, I used to have a dry erase board in my kitchen that I would put quotes um, just to inspire me or the kids. And I'm sure it had Lombardi on it because it was football season and you know the the winning is is not a sometimes thing it's an all the time thing you know winning is a habit and I don't think that Nicole thought that was good enough so that got erased and she's like we need something a lot more impressive and so I'm fairly certain she put in and I'm going to get this wrong and I apologize it's Pope Benedict the 16th the the world offers you comfort but you're not made for comfort you're made for greatness so I had said to Nicole after she called me out and said why haven't you applied for this job and I <laughs> I and then Dan gets involved. Wait a minute, there's a job opening? You need to take it. Well, we come home and I turn to him and I said, I'm comfortable. I'm finally comfortable. And I'm looking over his shoulder and what's on that board? It's Pope <laughs> Benedict's words. And I thought, okay, Lord, you got me. So I looked up, I finally looked it up and I'm like, wow, this actually does look good. So long story short, or long story long, um, I applied for the job and I'm really glad that I did. It's It's been a it's a new home and, and a wonderful challenge. It's been fantastic. Well, now you're just past your fourth year here at the center. And what has your experience been like? What a whirlwind. It's been fantastic. So my kids always ask me as they've been growing up, what do you want to be? What did you want to be when you grew up? And I always respond with a mom. I knew I always wanted to be a mom. And check. I got that. Thank you, Lord. That worked out great. <laughs> but I didn't realize I think the Lord had something even more so with motherhood, I get to be the mom in the office. And I think that's where I kind of equate what is it like here and what is my experience is that I get to be the mom to a lot of students that, um, so for, for those parents that drop their kids off, uh, don't worry. If they come in my office, they're going to feel a nice hug. They're going to be encouraged. It's going to, I'm going to try and, 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 love them in the way that you would love them. So they're, they're well taken care of. So this has been such a fun challenge. Um, 
I get to obviously work with the students. I get to do all of the pro-life programming for the center. It is where you find that all of the different experiences in your life start to kind of make sense. Oh, that's why I was a sidewalk counselor for years. That's it's so I could have the understanding so that when I talk to these right to life students, I can explain what the mom needs. What do they need to hear from them? So, um, yeah, it's it's been it's a calling. And I think I've met all of my colleagues. I think they're all called to do what they're doing. And it's been just a a second family. It's been great. Well, unpack a bit about your responsibilities as the as the culture of life program manager. Being the Culture of Life Program Manager, uh, I run quite a few big events, a lot of um, secondary events that come up through the year, but um, I'll, I'll go chronologically for me in the calendar year. We're coming up for the March for Life, and in addition to my Culture of Life Program Manager job, I'm also the Notre Dame Right to Life Club Advisor, So, uh, which, by the way, is still the largest club on Notre Dame's campus, well over a thousand students. And, and um, they're extremely active. So I have a chance to work with them, usually on a daily basis in some capacity or another, uh, helping them with their programming and um, advising them on who may who might be a good person to bring in to speak on a certain subject, Mm -hmm. um, uh, reaching out to the community on different volunteer opportunities. I also work really closely with our March for Life team, and each year they start planning a year in advance um, to bring, uh, we average usually 800 to 1,000 students, faculty, and staff to the March for Life in D.C. every year. Fantastic. I do think that we are probably one of the largest, if not the largest group that's at least traveling 10 hours each way to get there. And so uh, in addition to the March for Life, I also... I'm in charge of the the Evangelium Vitae Medal event, which is a wonderful event that honors pro-life heroes. Uh, they are given a Lifetime Achievement Award for the uh, pro-life heroes in the um, pro-life movement. And uh, that is a fantastic event. I will say, can I put a plug in, um, that we are going to be honoring Dr. Uh, John Bruchalski, uh, MD, He's the founder of Tepiak and Divine Mercy Care, and I would encourage everyone to please attend. It is a wonderful opportunity, open to the public, April 23rd. Yep. (laughs) I should know this by heart. (laughs) (laughs) I've only been planning it for a year. So in addition to EV, I also run our Vita Institute. So our Notre Dame Vita Institute is a formation program. It's a week-long formation program. We bring um, leaders and emerging leaders to the campus. It's a, it's a highlight to for a lot of people. And they get to study, um, they get a foundational learning um, that's just beyond rich. We bring in experts in fields from uh, law and philosophy, uh, social sciences, um, uh, theology. They spend a week. The hard sciences, the hard biology. Sciences. Yes. Um, they spend a week with these renowned instructors and um, other leaders in the pro-life movement, and they get to network. Um, spending a week, and you really get to get to know people so that when you need to make that connection um, or to to better understand, what were you talking about twinning? Can you can you 
unpack that a little bit. I'm a sidewalk counselor or I'm a lobbyist and I need to know more about what do you need at the Women's Care Center? Um, boots on the ground. What do, you, what do moms need from me? What do I need to litigate? Like it's, it's really, um, it's a dynamic group that we bring to campus for a week um, that's always in June and uh, people apply to attend. And we have, oh gosh, I think we've had, we usually have an average of eight countries represented each time. I mean, yes, we do have a lot of U.S. citizens, but we bring everyone in and it is, it's just an unbelievable week-long learning that's, that people walk away and they're like, oh my gosh, this is, can I come back for a second time? And we're like, uh, no, (laughs) but you can refer your friends. So it's fantastic. After Vita wraps, that's usually um, at the mid, well, end of June, and there's a breather of unpacking all of uh, the the details because you know that there's always the administration uh, side of of all of these events, and then it brings us right back into fall. Um, that's when our students and new students arrive to campus. You have an opportunity to introduce them to the different clubs. We have, of course, we always have our different speakers that we bring in, um, webinars that we're running, the planning ramps up then for our March for Life. So we're back full circle to the planning once again. So it's it's a full calendar year. And that doesn't mention all of the, the ins and outs that we do on the backside that are, are really fun to talk about because it's a lot of computer work. Yeah. And a lot of one-off events and opportunities because I know things that you've hosted have included like we did a conversation with the filmmakers and with Abby Johnson as Unplanned came out. Right, right. We also did um, Racism is a Life Issue, Ben Watson, and we had a, a we had a fantastic panel. If people have not watched that, I highly encourage them to do that. It was yeah. a fantastic panel. So those are all things you do in a normal year. Um, obviously, coming out of the kind of year of lockdown and stuff, what did what did we do since you're most of your stuff is event driven. What did you do to bring some of this programming in times of lockdown? We had a great time. I think that we tried to reach our audiences. We knew that there's a lot of people that would be missing these events desperately. And so, for instance, we were not allowed to go on the March for Life, but no one else was allowed to go to the March for Life. So I felt like it was it, it was a huge loss for everyone. For that, we really felt it important to create uh, something that we could show our alumni and our faculty and our friends. We're still in this. And so we created March on Notre Dame. It's a short little video, and it will give you a snippet that although we couldn't be there in person, uh, our hearts were there, and we will continue to march locally. And that doesn't mean that it, we're actually really marching. It means that we're moving forward. <laughs> and let's see, we also did a whole uh, week-long uh, virtual Vita. We took... Five of our presenters that we typically have for our in-person, and we made uh, videos for them. So we have Jess Keating doing feminism. We have Theology is Covered by Father John Paul Kimes. Uh, Professor Carter Sneed, our director, covered law. We had Father Nicanor Ostriaco do our biology. And we had... Frank Beckwith doing our philosophy portion. And this it's just a short little snippet insight into some of their uh, foundational talks. Really good stuff. I would I would highly recommend taking a look. Let's see, we also I mentioned earlier we did our racism is life issue webinar panel. 
And one of my favorites, we did a virtual Evangelium Vitae event uh, for Vicky. We could not bring everyone back in, and it was extremely disappointing. But I think that we had a, a great time uh, speaking with her, and we were able to highlight Project Rachel. And it's a great video. I recommend you watching it. It's fantastic. I think it really gives you a better understanding of how Vicky was able to create something that could truly bring in moms and families that were suffering from abortion, but to bring them back to the church. And it's fantastic. Awesome. So you talked about working with the Right to Life Club, Notre Dame Right to Life. And as you say, it's the largest student club. And this is in the undergraduates. Uh, There's also in the, like the law school, there's a a group that kind of looks at law, use Mm -hmm. Vitae. But what are the Notre Dame Right to Life students like? What's it like working with them, um, you know, as a group? Oh, they're delightful. Now there's a lot of overlap with our Soren fellows. So I feel like that's really great. Um, Our RTL kids are, are really magnificent. It's, it's fun as, as the club advisor, they come in as freshmen and, you know, the starry eyed, I'm, I'm away from my family, but I'm, I'm a little bit nervous, but I can't let anybody know I'm nervous because I'm confident, but can you point me in the right direction? And then they come in like the next week and they're like, did you know that there's a milkshake mass on campus? And I'm like, yes. So you see them start to like kind of reach out a little bit. Did you know that you can do this or that? And they start getting involved in their dorm life and then by the time sophomore year comes around, they're into their majors, and it's great with the RTL kids. Some of the majors, um, they're quite diverse. It's not, it's not. Oh well, they're all theolo- the, uh, theo majors. No, there's there's the hard science majors. There's, I mean, our PLS majors. It, it really spans the gamut. So it's very exciting for me to hear when they start getting excited about their majors. And then by junior year, they're starting to lead the pack in the Right to Life Club. They're taking on um, large commission roles and growing the club. This year, um, we had, uh, I think we had. Now, last year, they had like 300 that were on this. Now, I'm not a techie person, but on this group me or WhatsApp conversation. This year, they had over 500 on on this conversation. That's pretty incredible. Now, again, I said it's the largest club. There's lots of large clubs, but are they this active? I don't think so. Well, so they had these commissions. They're covering politics, but they're also covering um, – uh, they have a new thing that's uh, a reach. They reach out to help women in need, and they've adopted a young mom. And they're going to um, – they're doing a fundraiser. I think that they had started with a goal of raising, I think it was like $5,000. And, I mean, we're only in mid-October, and they've almost reached the goal. I mean, wow. this is fantastic. And these are kids that, that are – their boots on the ground. And they just said, you know what? This came up. We would really like to do it. What do you think? And I'm like, absolutely. Go for it. So how cool is that they're going to look back – as a so a freshman that's involved in four years and they're gonna be writing this kid and this mom like letters that they're gonna see this kid grow up. Right. And I think that it's one of those that they're they get to see that it's it's not just the mom with the baby in utero. They're watching it all the way through and they're still going to help financially assist this person and and see how that they grow. And and then they hit senior year and doggone it, just like my own kids, you start to really, really like like 
expect or count on that conversation and you're like, yeah, I'm really enjoying these conversations. And then they leave you. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's great. But then they do come back and visit. And some of the places these students go, I mean, we have, I have students that are now missionaries that um, write me and update me on what they're doing. Uh, We have uh, one in in particular that's... um, at a law, law firm, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if she ends up on the Supreme Court one day. Like, wow. She's pretty spectacular. But um, they just spread the gamut on where they go and what they're doing, and and they're they everyone is involved, and they're all they're all contributing in the way that God gave them their talent. You mentioned commissions. So what uh, what different types of work does Right to Life do? So they do anything from babysit babysitting. Um, I know that seems very mundane, but it's super helpful. They offer free babysitting to graduate students uh, here on campus. And um, we have uh, the Spiritual Commission. They uh, lead rosaries. Uh, They do the Angelus in front of the Dome. Um, uh, They go out and uh, we have our Uh, pro-life commission that does the sidewalk counseling. So they offer training. Um, Not, not everybody knows what to say and when. Um, Yeah, there's, gosh, there's public policy. They cover everything, but let me go back really quick. The, it's interesting. The one thing I, I absolutely adore with our RTL students. um, And I would say this because I think my background, I mentioned earlier, I did sidewalk counseling and I did it for years. And it was one of those things, you know, your mom, I'm a stay at homer. And I I was the Uber volunteer at our kids parish and school. But I always felt called um, to serve in the pro-life movement. And so I was a sidewalk counselor. And that's a tough thing. It's, it's a lot harder than I thought it was going in. And the reason I mention that is there's a lot of different ways that you can be pro-life. And I, what I love about Notre Dame Right to Life is that their message and their pro-life mission is to be loving and merciful. And it's just, it's a beautiful representation of, of I think, what Christ intended is it's a family. And um, they, what I always said is I always loved the mom going in and I loved her going, coming back out of the clinic. Um, it didn't matter. I was there for her no matter what. And I think that the kids really get that too, is that, yes, we would rather them not go into the clinic, but we're going to love them when they come out and we're going to help them any way we can. And I think we meet the mom where they are and it's, they just do it so right here. It's, it's really, it's something to behold. They, they truly embrace what the, the real reason of why we're pro-life is that you are made of in God's likeness and image. And it's just very simple when you think of it that way. Yeah. Well, I want to chat a little bit about uh, the Evangelium Vitae medal, the Notre Dame Evangelium Vitae medal. And you were talking about, you know, the, the awesome people that you've gotten to meet and work with as we're presenting as an institution, this lifetime achievement award. What is the significance of the medal both in your pers- from your perspective and why why should anybody care? Lots of pro life institutions and groups give give awards. Why why is the Notre Dame Evangelium Vitae Medal special? That's a good question. Um, for me, I'll, uh, let me speak personally first. Is I I think that, and I alluded alluded to it is that when you when you're in the pro life movement, I think a lot of people stay in their area 
and we hunker down and we work as hard as we can and we try to make a difference every day. But I don't think a lot of people, we kind of, no one's tooting their own horn, so to speak. I know that sounds silly, but um, I think this is our opportunity to shine a light on some of the most amazing achievements that an average everyday person can do when they follow what God asked them to do. And here at Notre Dame, I think it's important that Our Lady's University is the one that shines the light on that pro-life accomplishment. I mean, who better than, than to hold it up and say, this is what I need to happen. I need you to love. I need you to serve. Um, I need you to make that impact. And um, I think we at the center, I mean, with our mission of sharing the richness of the Catholic moral and intellectual tradition here at Notre Dame and as Notre Dame, I think that the Notre Dame Evangelium Vitae medal event, this is Notre Dame. We are pro-life. I can't imagine a better place that should be shining a light on how best to embrace life. So there's already a lot going on, and you're busy throughout the year, as you've kind of described. But what are your dreams for the Center's Culture of Life program? What could you do with unlimited resources for your particular pillar here at the Center? I would love the opportunity to put out what we teach at Vita to more people. I think that foundation of truth and understanding and how I mentioned too, combined with how our Notre Dame Right to Life students approach the pro-life movement in mercy and love, and you combine that knowledge with mercy, I think I would love to create an educational learning program that we could put not only out to the public, but also create something that might be geared towards younger kids. You got to kind of be able to grab the kids when they're really young and you got to be cool, right? And I don't even know if they say cool anymore. I feel like you and I are the same age, but sometimes I'm not so cool with my kids. Um, But I think that they grasp higher learning better than we give them credit for. They get the concept. They understand the science. My kids have told me over and over again, mom, the holdback for our generation on abortion isn't the science. We just we just want to make sure that the the our concern is the mom. We feel like they don't have a choice. Now, no, my kids aren't thinking that, but they're thinking that's what their peers are thinking. And so, I think these generations coming behind them are are really good with empathy. They get it. They're all in it together. We just have to be better at what do we do to educate them so that uh, they feel supported. And so, if if I could have my way and sky's the limit. Yeah, I would create an educational piece that I could put into the grade schools. Maybe the parochial schools start there and then go all the way through the high schools and and give this information out to more people. Now, if I was really dreaming, I would just say we would end abortion right now. <laughs> but let's be, we're going to, we'll take one step at a time. Give, open the door. I'll, I'll walk through it. Um, give me a little crack uh, and I'll squeeze through and, and, and get that truth and understanding out there far out. Well, we can hope and we can dream and we can continue to work. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, we're just beginning. I feel like, yes, we've been here for four years, but um, every year we've created, we've had a new uh, way to reach new people. We've tackled some pretty hard issues. I think that we're adapting and we're moving um, 
to uh, spread our truth and our knowledge and our understanding to more and more people. And I think we're going to get there. And it's it's been a fun journey. I'm looking forward to the next how many years. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Well, thank you for having me and putting up with me. And now I don't have to worry about when I hear you walking down the hall that you're going to put a microphone over the cubicle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Petra Farrell. In the show notes, you will find links to videos we discussed, including March on Notre Dame, the Racism is a Life Issue panel, the Notre Dame Evangelium Vitae Medal virtual presentation, and the Virtual Vita Institute series, all on our YouTube channel. Subscribe to Ethics and Culture Cast so that you can always get the latest episodes by visiting ethicscenter.nd.edu slash podcast. We would love your feedback. Please review the show on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and email your suggestions to cecpodcast at nd.edu. Our theme music is I Don't Know by Grapes, licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution License. We'll see you next time on Ethics and Culture Cast. Until then, make good decisions. Good decisions.